You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. We've got a great show for you today. Lots of tech to talk. Later on in the program, uh, a neighborhood in Vancouver has actually put in a free Wi-Fi system. We'll uh, give you the lowdown on that and how that all works. We'll also be talking with a successful Vancouver-based Kickstarter inventor, the inventor of LifePack. So we're going to find out all about that and uh, maybe get some tips for him on how to do a successful Kickstarter campaign. I've had many ideas over the course of my life, Mike, but I've never implemented something like Kickstarter. So we're going to learn what it takes to take your idea and throw it out in the world and see if people want to back it. Another really fascinating guest, and you'll have to stay tuned for this. Uh, we have Katie Anderson from Open Media uh, on the line, and uh, she'll be talking about the internet tax. Uh, looks like the federal government uh, has uh, killed it, but will it come up again, and what does it mean? Lots of tech news this uh, week, uh, Andy. Uh, I saw something here from Snapchat, and again, Snapchat is a, uh, a social media messaging tool that uh, I think anyone uh, over the age of 20 probably doesn't know what it is or has ever used it. I think, I no, I think it would be like 35 and under is the demographic group for Snapchat. But it, it really, like kids use this all the time. Teenagers use this all the time. Just to put perspective, uh, globally, you're going to get about 8 billion snaps a day. So a lot of people are using Snapchat. So it's popular because it's a messaging program, kind of like text messaging, but you can add all sorts of videos and pictures and put kind of funny things on the pictures. You can create stories. Uh, and I think the appeal to, you know, especially the uh, the younger uh, audience is that these these messages disappear after a set amount of time, say 10 seconds once the recipient actually opens them up and, and looks at them. Yeah. And so they started out with photos, then they started to add in videos and it appeals to a lot of people because they might be at an event or a party or a concert, take some snaps, uh, share it to their friends, and then poof, it completely disappears afterwards. So uh, Snap Map is a, a feature that they've uh, updated that uh, allows the users to opt in uh, to show where their location is so that uh, their other friends uh, know if they're at the mall or at school or even at home. But it's raising uh, a bunch of new privacy concerns, Andy. Well, of course, because by sharing where you are taking these snaps and where your friends are taking these snaps, essentially they just created an invitation for every stalker, kidnapper, burglar uh, out there because people are sharing, not only sharing content information, now you know where it's coming from and almost to the exact address. And I think that is what got a lot of parents uh, concerned. And even though it is opt-in, it's hard to manage your kids' phones to know if they're opting in or opting out. So it is one of those kind of features that I think for this type of platform is quite dangerous. Yeah, it is interesting. Like, you know, I always tell people to be careful of this, you know, especially with social media. You know, if you're going on vacation, uh, you know, I wouldn't announce to the world, hey, looking forward to going to Disneyland, uh, uh, you know, hope the house will be okay while I'm gone. <laughs> You know, you're basically sending out a message, there's no one home, come and rob my house. Yeah, and it's not just your friends, you know, you can, other people can see this stuff. And I think that is what's the main concern here. It's that it's not limited to a small group of people. You're sharing this on this platform and people can suddenly, if they want, figure out where you are or where you're not. Like you said, if you're not at home and they think can go and uh, burglarize your house. So anyway, with this uh, Snap Map uh, update, uh, a lot of uh, parents are obviously concerned uh, because it's actually kind of difficult to apparently turn it off. 
Yeah, so it is an opt-in, but it's hard to opt out apparently at the same time. You know, <laughs> it I don't always use, is, Andy. <laughs> the, the, can I just say one thing, Mike? I have Snapchat. I think you have it as well. Yeah, I'm trying. The, the interface is very confusing. I don't I know. know. I don't know how to get into settings or anything. Like, and I don't know if they're doing this on purpose or if to they confuse just, the old people. <laughs> yeah, or we're just getting old. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I launched it for the first time a few months ago, and I'm, you know, I spent like an hour with it. It's, it was just so not intuitive whatsoever. And I, I, still to this day, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I, you know, the whole stories. And now you can see all these big brands are trying to talk to people. McDonald's just announced that if you want to apply for McDonald's, you can come up with little snap resumes. And then they're going to be looking at that to get the young kids, you know, in their entry-level jobs. So the times are changing. And I feel like it's hard to keep up, especially with something as unintuitive and as we're Snapchat. Guys. We're I know, we're, we're the tech guys. We're getting left behind. We're getting left behind. But, you know, it is for the younger people because we have people in our office that are in their 30s, and they're saying they don't understand it. Yes. So yeah. I laugh now because I just say, huh, you're old now. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm a case in point. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know if you saw this, Andy. Uh, Amazon, uh, giant retailer that will one day take over the planet. Uh, they have a new service down in the uh, U.S. for Amazon Prime members. Uh, Prime members, it's kind of like a membership. Uh, every year you pay, I think, around 100 bucks, and you get free shipping and special deals and that yeah. kind of thing. They've got a new Prime wardrobe really? service. Um, and this is cool. So I don't know. Have you have you ordered clothing online? Uh, no, never. Why? I don't even know if it fits. I, that's one of the first things. Bingo. So I, I've been kind of ordering some things online. I've actually ordered shoes online and I've been lucky because I'm like a size nine and generally these things fit, but I'm always kind of apprehensive about clothing. So what Amazon's done and they're launching this in the US first is uh, they've got the Amazon Prime wardrobe. So you can essentially pick a bunch of different items, say five different items, uh, some shoes, uh, you know, some pants, a few tops, and they will send it to you in a big Amazon Prime wardrobe box. And so you get it because it's free delivery. You get to try on all the stuff in the comfort of your home. The stuff you don't want, you put back in the box. You call Amazon or or go through the, the website and they'll come pick up that box and take it back for free. You know what's funny is I listen to a lot of podcasts and like they have these little commercials. There are other companies that are trying to do this. And they're completely going to be wiped off the map when you have a juggernaut like oh Amazon. Oh, my God. Yeah, because Amazon, Amazon's got millions of different items. Yes. And Amazon was like, yeah, that's a great idea. We're just going to become like the Walmart of e-commerce here and yeah. take, take and we'll you do it right better. out. So what do you think of that? Would that entice you to maybe shop for clothing online? Well, here's one thing, okay? I, like, I'm a typical guy. I hate shopping because I've learned over the years that if you don't try it, you're probably likely going to have to come back and return it. Exactly. And that just takes so much time. Then you have to... When you shop, you actually have to like commit to like shopping and trying yeah. a stuff and it drives me crazy. So I do it like once or twice a year. This would appeal to me because now I don't have to leave my home. I can sit on my tablet or even my smartphone, order stuff, have it come there, try, oh, I'm going to keep this, 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 put it back in the box, bam, gone. It's dangerous because the more items you keep, the more discounts you get. So if you keep three oh. items, you get an additional 10% off. If you keep five items, you get 20% off. Okay, whoever thought of that just got like an A-plus in business school because they just pretty much gave you an incentive to keep everything by, by like, because you might be on the fence. Do I need eight pairs of socks? Uh, well, I'm going to get a good deal. So maybe, yeah, I'll buy eight more socks instead. I only wanted two or three. So I think that's Or brilliant. you're going to forget to send I wish that. you didn't tell me this, Mike, because you know I'm going to go home and look, look this up now. <laughs> yeah, so from what I understand, it's down in the U.S. first. I, I don't have uh, details on when that would be coming to Canada, uh, but... I think it's a brilliant 
it's, business. It is, brilliant. and that's that's going to further ha- uh, hurt uh, brick and mortar retailers. Like we've seen uh, Sears Canada filing uh, for you know creditor protection uh, this past week, and we're going to see more and more of those because more and more people are going online, and the more convenient they make it to shop for items that you typically wouldn't want to buy online, like clothing. That's going to hurt. Well, the other day I bought a waste basket, a just little tiny waste basket because I didn't, I was too lazy to go to the store. I went on Amazon. I'm like, oh, perfect. Looked at dimensions, bought it right away. And it came. And I was like, wow, this is really changing the way I shop because I'm, I'm not bought, even going out anymore. You bought a garbage can online. I bought a garbage can <laughs> online pretty much. Oh yes. my God. Uh, another quick story here. Twitter is going to pay uh, video creators, Andy. You know, it feels like eons ago, Mike, when we were broadcasting on Periscope. Periscope is this, the video streaming service uh, that Twitter has for doing live streaming at events. It was super popular a couple of years ago. We were using it here on the radio show, but I think we all stopped. I don't even have the app on my phone anymore. I don't even know if you've ever used Periscope. Uh, no, no. It's uh, kind of fallen by the wayside. I mean, Facebook came in with their Facebook Live video, and it was just easier to use and there's just the reach was l- the re- larger the reach is larger we have more fans i think on on facebook and i don't know it just it seemed to integrate better well it looks like periscope and twitter are trying to get people to come back and so what they're going to do is allow video stars the periscope video stars to collect money from fans they're going to be able to get these basically a virtual currency these little super hearts and then once you get a certain amount of super hearts uh, equivalent about like $175, you can then cash out that money in earnings. Uh, this requires people to still use Periscope as a broadcast mechanism and also requires people to watch those videos. So uh, this is just because of what Facebook is doing and also YouTube as, as well. If you have about 25,000 or 10,000 subscribers, you can now do some YouTube live streaming as well. So this is a, everything's going video, Mike, and it, Periscope and Twitter are just trying to keep up. We've got a lot more tech to talk when we come back. The internet tax. Seems like the government's killed it for now, but can it come back? What does it mean? And why would we maybe even want something like that? You're listening to Get Connected. We'll be back shortly after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio. We still have a lot of tech to talk later on in the program. A Vancouver Kickstarter success story. We'll uh, get the lowdown on that and maybe even get some tips on how you can do a Kickstarter campaign. And... uh uh, a local neighborhood here uh, in Vancouver has actually uh, kitted out the entire uh, area with free Wi-Fi. We'll find out uh, what that means for uh, residents and tourists uh, alike. On the line right now, we've uh, got our good friend Katie Anderson. She's a digital rights specialist over at Open Media. Thanks for joining us, Katie. Yeah, thanks for having me. Wanted to uh, bring you on to talk about uh, the internet tax. This is a, a recommendation from the Canadian Heritage Committee. Maybe you can give our listeners a, a lowdown, lowdown on what that recommendation was, because I don't think everyone is totally aware of what was going on there. Sure. So last week, the Heritage Committee came forward and proposed that um, there be a 5% tax on internet service providers. Um, and they suggested that, that the money they got from that would then help fund Canadian content online. Um, but the concern has been that that 5% tax on the ISPs, internet service providers, would be passed down to consumers. Of course it would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, this is something that broadcasters are, are paying right now for Canadian content. And I, I guess what they were trying to do is evolve that into the, the digital age. 
It, yeah, that is what they're doing, but uh, it doesn't really make sense in the digital age. And like we said, we're just really concerned that Canadians' internet bills are so high already. So Canadians pay some of the highest um, bills in the industrialized world for internet, um, and we're really concerned that that tax will be passed down straight to users. Well, when yeah, whenever they have an additional cost, it's typically always passed down. Um, but you know, from my understanding, uh, the, this Heritage Committee, uh, you know, they set out saying that they didn't want to be recommending any new taxes or anything, but in the end, they did. Yeah, so it's kind of almost like a double speak. So we heard them say they wouldn't introduce a new tax, but that's exactly what they did, and I think that's why you saw um, Heritage Minister Melanie Jolie and even uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau right after they made the announcement came forward, um, both the PM and Jolie came forward and said that there would be absolutely no internet tax. So I think to really clarify, because people were concerned. Well, it, it is interesting because, uh, you know, we actually make a television show uh, ourselves, uh, airs on, uh, you know, a few channels across Canada. Uh, but, you know, we're supported by, you know, you know different funds from broadcasters to, to get that content uh, out there. I, I'm just wondering down the road, you know, as more and more people go online to view shows and, and content and, uh, you know, the TV industry kind of declines, you know, what what is the answer there to, to help support that? Or should taxpayers be supporting it anyway? I mean, it's, it's a really great question. I'm definitely in favor of supporting Canadian content. Um, I worked at the CBC for years and years, and I just think it's really, it's really important. But I just think it's, it matters how we actually fund it. Um, so it's, it's a really good question, and I personally don't have the answer, but uh, we're just concerned that if you do it this way, it's going to penalize low-income Canadians. Um, and so what we see a lot of the time is that if you, the internet tax is going to disproportionately um, affect low-income Canadians, and it's not really going to go in the right places to, you know, to help shows like yours and to make sure that Canadian content gets funded. Katie, from your understanding, has the federal government said anything about what other options they're looking at to, to fund Canadian content? Yeah, so we're not sure yet. So a really good thing is that uh, Minister Jolie went across Canada um, over the last few months and actually consulted Canadians. And so we've seen a report put forward with a bunch of ideas. And so it's just about going through and, um, and figuring out the best way to, to do it. What about the broadcasters? Do they have a position on this, on how Canadian content should be funded in the future? I think this is actually a position where we're um, really aligned with the broadcasters and the internet service providers because they definitely don't want the new tax either. Yeah, it is uh, uh, interesting. But, you know, you are saying that we do pay some of the highest internet rates uh, in in the world right now. We do, yeah. And um, we also did a poll... uh, by the Innovative Research Group back in February, and it asked Canadians um, if they were propo- if they were in favor of this tax or not, and we saw that overwhelmingly seventy percent came forward and said they were against it. Katie, would this would this uh, also kind of combine with that? We hear this often: people saying a Netflix tax is that really the same thing? Because I remember um, Prime Minister Harper saying a couple years ago he was made a video trying to appeal to younger. Uh, voters saying that we will not have a Netflix tax, but is that really the same thing as what the government, federal government, just shot down? Not really. So that, that was about specifically taxing Netflix and tax, taxing, um, you know, international groups that that have broadcast over the internet. Um, whereas this is actually about taxing um, internet service providers that are within the country. So it's slightly different. Do you think we'll see this come up again? 
I definitely do, but I think that it's really good that uh, that Jolie and and the Prime Minister came out and said that we wouldn't see it in this form. Um, but I think it's an interesting discussion, and we really do need to talk about how we can fund Canadian content. One question I have, Katie, is like you you mentioned that we do pay some of the highest uh, for internet services. Do you see ever see that going down? Because I know the internet service providers, their their logic is, well, Canada is very uh, it's a very large country with a very small population, so we have to invest in all this infrastructure. But that infrastructure, once it gets built, are, will the cost ever go down, or are we always going to have to be or get used to paying some of the world's highest monthly fees for internet access? I think it will go down. So what we've been arguing for is more competition in in the industry. Um, so if we look at places like Manitoba and Saskatchewan, they both have a, a fourth player in the market. So in Saskatchewan, you've got SaskTel, and in Manitoba, you've got MTS, which was unfortunately just bought by Bell. But, um, I mean, it's true that Canada does have infrastructure problems, and it's so, you know, we're so spread apart, and there's, like, challenges in terms of weather and extreme conditions, so the infrastructure needs to be able to build to deal with, you know, the really hots and colds that we have. Um but we see that in Saskatchewan and Manitoba, where there's a where there's more competition, that prices drop. And so I think what that shows us is that it's possible for the prices to go down. Um, and it's not just the infrastructure challenge, but it's about, you know, have more players in the game. So we've gone to the CRTC, open media groups, and have, um, you know, we've been lobbying for more rules that allow greater competition in the market. And I think hopefully we'll see that soon, and that'll that'll help drive some of the prices down. It's Katie Anderson, digital rights specialist over at Open Media, talking about the internet tax getting quashed by the federal government. Thanks for joining us, Katie. Thanks so much, guys. You can always find out more about uh, Open Media uh, at openmedia.ca. They're doing uh, fantastic work. When we come back from the break, we're going to be talking about free Wi-Fi in a local Vancouver neighborhood. And also uh, later on, a Vancouver Kickstarter success story. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio. Lots of uh, tech to talk still. We've got uh, App of the Week later on in the program with Christina. We'll also be talking with uh, Adrian Solgard. He's a Canadian inventor that has launched a successful Kickstarter campaign for uh, a really cool connected backpack. Yeah, it's something that we reviewed. It's actually our contest this week too. So if you want to win, you just got to go to our Facebook page. Go to facebook.com slash Get Connected Media, all one word, and you're going to see what's called the Life Pack. This is a Canadian Kickstarter success story. It's one of the coolest backpacks around. It even has a built-in solar panel battery in it that also acts as a Bluetooth speaker. You got to check it out. Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Media, all one word. Well, the best things in life are free. Oh, nice uh, intro. Do you like that? that. We've got uh, our guest on now, uh, Nicholas Gandosi. He's the VP of the Yaletown Business Improvement Association and also general manager of the uh, Opus uh, Hotel. Yaletown, uh, a very popular, uh, cool neighborhood in downtown Vancouver. Uh, Lots of uh, condos there, lots of restaurants, bars, uh, little shops, and uh, they have just launched free Wi-Fi for the area. Uh, Nicholas, thanks for joining us, first of all. Yes, well, thank you very much for having me on the show, uh, Mike, Andy. Why free Wi-Fi? Why? Well, we all love things for free, like you uh, alluded to. And uh, back uh, several years ago, we decided what was the next compelling reason to get people to visit this uh, amazing neighborhood. And one of, uh, I guess, the vision or the one of the big ideas was a free Wi-Fi network. That gets uh, people thinking about the area. 
And you is your uh, thought that it's going to draw more people to the area? Yeah, I mean, Yaletown has so much to offer, um, and, and one of the fantastic um, parts of it is the, the patios that line all these uh, restaurants um, within the neighborhood. And the whole idea was, well, you know, what, what's a reason to get someone to maybe make a choice to come here instead of another fantastic neighborhood like Gastown or um, Granville Street? And, well, when people are in patio, a typical thing to do is get onto their phone. And I'm sure if we all walked down, we'd see half the people there uh, looking for social media reasons, work, whatever reasons, uh, and thought this would be an attractive uh, way to get people to think about Yale Town in a different light. You know, you could take that a step further and give free beer and chicken wings. <laughs> I don't know if you thought that. Out sure. Yet. Well, we'll, we'll pro- propose that to the restaurateurs and, and see how well that's received. But uh, no, we thought uh, it, it's just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough, it's very competitive environment. Vancouver's got a lot of re- reasons to go to a lot of different places. Um, and we just thought, you know, just another layer of, hey, make us more uh, noticeable, uh, a, a reason to think about Yale Town and, uh, and to give that extra edge. Nicholas, this is really going to appeal to tourists that are coming into Vancouver because a lot of them are getting these roaming packages. So you're going to be able to save them a lot of money. And the whole, I guess your goal is to help them spend more money inside Yaletown, the restaurants and uh, shops. Uh, and you can set up better. Uh, exactly. Uh, it's, it's, it's a two-part thing because you get a great reason and then people have that extra thought that, wow, I'm not, uh, as you say, paying that data charge, roaming charges. And I can tell you, as uh, as a GM of Opus, we get the feedback um, from, we've already had some real good comments come our way from our guest service department that people are just like amazed that, wow, I can, I can just walk down the street and, and, and check my work emails or, or, or go onto social media, whatever variety of reasons, and not feel like I'm using up any time or minutes or any kind of cost to them. Uh, in a very seamless manner without having to, you know, give your Facebook credentials or give your email or any kind of marketing material that we get inundated with when we hear it's for free, uh, quote unquote. Yeah, no, you make a good point. There are other so-called free Wi-Fi, but you usually have to opt in with your email and then they verify your email. And from there, they create that database and they who knows what they're going to use that email for. But with yours, you just it's pretty much an unsecured Wi-Fi network. You just go tap it on and then suddenly you're connected to the Internet. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and but but just to clarify, I mean it's it's secured in, as in the way uh, you know we've we've done a lot of work with with our, our provider and in, in, in trying to ensure it's a, a secured um, uh, you know in confidence having that your information is not going anywhere because even though you're not giving out specifically an email or Facebook credentials, we all know your uh, your information on your phone is being somewhat accessed. Um, but as, as just to further clarify, yeah, we, we strategically did not want to make it a marketing machine and, and to collect data and, and make it a cumbersome process or to have to even make a decision. Do I want this, quote unquote, free Wi-Fi service and just simply tick off the terms and conditions and away you go. This sounds expensive. <laughs> not not for not for me now because I'm going to be doing free Wi-Fi, but uh, for for your uh, your business association. Yeah, I mean, well, it's uh, you know the the businesses contribute a uh, it's, it's a tax system that flows through the city then to the BIAs, which happens in all the 
BIAs in Vancouver. Um, and there's a budget process. There's an AGM. The businesses are involved. There, there's a communication of this is the idea. This is what we want to spend our marketing dollars for, which is your dollars. Um, are you in support of this? And, you know, we got a resounding um, vote of confidence from the local business communities. Uh, you know, the stores here that are going to get impacted. And, and with that, the marching orders, we went forward. And, you know, it, it's definitely something we had to work within a budget. Um, but in the end, the numbers worked. And uh, we're excited that we were able to roll it out. Free beer next, right? Yeah, wouldn't that be just uh, <laughs> icing on the cake? But uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Uh, yeah, I didn't say it was a fantastic business idea, but uh, it's kind of more well, self-serving. Right. Uh, Nicholas, I want to thank you so much for joining us, and uh, this is going now, and this is going to go year-round? Exactly. It is live as we speak. Um, we have certain phases that expand the scope of the area, but it is live on mainland uh, and Hamilton, but we want to get to a larger uh, scope of work, and there is no end date on the project. We want This is something we want to have in, in place for forever. Nicholas Gandozi, VP of the Yaletown Business Improvement Association and the general manager over at the Opus Hotel. Beautiful hotel if you ever get a chance uh, to check that out. And uh, providing uh, free Wi-Fi for uh, all the people visiting Yaletown. When we come back from the break, it's Kickstarter time. We're going to hear a success story uh, about a cool connected uh, backpack and uh, maybe you can get some tips on running your own successful Kickstarter campaign. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here. Still lots of tech to talk later on in the program. We have... Christina with her app of the week, and they'll be coming up soon. Right now, though, we've got uh, a cool guest. Uh, his name is Adrian Solgart, Canadian inventor of the Life Pack, a, uh, a Vancouver Kickstarter success story. Thanks for joining us, Adrian. Thanks for having me. So, first, tell us about the Life Pack. We're actually giving one away uh, on uh, the show today. So, again, thank you very much uh, for offering that up. And uh, you can go to our Facebook page at Get Connected Media. Uh, tell the listeners uh, why this is the ultimate backpack. So, well, what we first launched with LifePack was uh, we, we tried to reinvent the mobile office. So we made a bag that has a built-in solar panel. That solar panel has a built-in power bank, and that power bank also has a built-in Bluetooth speaker. So you, from that power bank, you can charge all your devices when you're on the go. There's safe and secure storage for your laptop, which is drop-proof. Uh, there's organization for loose papers, receipts. There's even a built-in lock. So if you're working from a cafe, you can lock your bag to the chair while you're working so you can really focus on what you need to do rather than get distracted by constantly looking over and seeing if someone's taking your bag or something like that. So we've really tried to make a, a, a productivity tool that allows people to work remotely, work wherever they are, and stay as productive as if they were in the office. Adrian, how did you come up with this idea? Did you just like look for a backpack and couldn't find one? Like, Where, where did this all come from? Yeah, so I, it's, it's a multi multitude of, of things. So I've been traveling a lot for business uh, for the last few years, and then um, I was actually what, what the the real <laughs> the two main pain points. I was at a meeting and uh, in the BMW head office actually in Munich in Germany, and I pulled my laptop out of my shoulder bag, and a sock came out onto the table with it, and I was like, "Oh my, this is not good." <laughs> um, and so I thought, okay, why, why do these bags not have really, truly proper separate storages for like where your personal stuff is and where your work stuff is? And then uh, I, was, I was actually seeing this girl. I was on a date with this girl, and we were sitting at a cafe uh, in Barcelona and uh, chatting, staring deeply into each other's eyes. And all of a sudden, as we got up to leave, her backpack had been stolen right from under us. We didn't even know. It was right between our legs, right between our chairs. Didn't even see it happen. So 
uh, that was kind of the crux of, well, she's a cool girl. I want to try to impress her, so I'm going to make a bag that you won't get stolen next time. So put two and two together, and that's, uh, that was the starting point. Are you still with her? Yes, indeed. Oh, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. It worked. It impressed her, definitely. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you've gotten a lot of technology in this thing, a solar panel, uh, a power pack. Is this thing weighing like 50 pounds? No, the bag, uh, the bag itself weighs uh, 1.6 kilos all, all in. Um, the, bag, oh, the bag itself is about 900 grams, and then the solar bank unit, which is the speaker's power bank and, uh, and solar panel, is about 500 grams. And, and how much are we looking for this? So retail price is about 330 bucks Canadian, um, and that comes with the speaker, which is worth about 150, 160 bucks. So, how do, Adrian, just walk us through the whole Kickstarter campaign. You know, a lot of people out there have ideas, uh, but they don't go through with them. You did. Uh, just walk us. What is the process of getting your idea onto Kickstarter, which is a crowdfunding platform, and then tell us what happened after you put it up. Yeah, so that was my second Kickstarter campaign. My first one was for a bike lock a, a few years before. Uh, so the, the whole process really goes, um, there, there's a lot of ways to go at it, but what's most important is that you make a product that's right for Kickstarter. Uh, Kickstarter community is, there's early adopters in this world, and then Kickstarter is even like pre-early adopters. So you really want to try to pack in some features that are some cool tech things. Originally, I just wanted to make a bag that had the locking features and some nice things, and I thought, you know what, I've always wanted to do something with solar tech. I don't know how to make it happen. I don't know how to make this work, but I would really love to because I just think I think that solar tech is the future. And then I thought, if Kickstarter people are really going to want this, then, then we're really going to need to do that. So I started looking at other projects and other things, and and, and really what what you need to do is, is make it as tech-focused and as tech-product-oriented as you can. Um, then the process to, to get your product launched and all that is, uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, I, I used to do marketing and branding and stuff. So when you, you need to create a brand for the product, you need to create a video, create photos, and, and make sure that you show all the benefits and, and features. I actually built this campaign on a budget of about $600 um, and in, in about two months' time, and we raised $600,000 over a two-month period. So it's absolutely insane what's possible uh, if you have the right idea that has the right market fit with what people want to see. And it looks like you're going for a hat trick now because you have another Kickstarter for uh, for a new life pack bag. Tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah, so we're doing a shoulder bag version because a lot of people have said, well, I like I like the backpack, I like all the business features of it, but I want to have a bit of a more professional a professional appeal. So we've made two new bags in vegan leather, which are shoulder bags, and we've also made another backpack version, um, which is just a little bit more of a stylish version uh, for, for the younger millennials because we're seeing a lot of millennials buying our product and they want to to get it at a lower price point. So we've made these other these two new bags now as sort of the next evolution. We launched that uh, a couple of days ago. We launched that on Tuesday. How much are these things going for? Uh, the early birds right now are $99 US with free shipping to Canada. We have to charge in US dollars on there. Uh, and then $130. And that includes a two-in-one solar bank, which is the solar panel and power bank unit. It's like one and a half centimeters thick. Uh, and it only weighs like 350 grams. And it's got enough power for five charges for an iPhone and four hours of sunshine will give you another full charge for your phone. And how much are you asking for and how much have you gotten so far? You you mentioned you started this Kickstarter campaign earlier this week. Yeah, so we're looking for $100,000 to make sure we can get production up and running and we've already hit 65000 of it so we're off to a really good start. We've got another 40 days left to go in the campaign but the, the sooner you get on board, the lower the price is. That's how Kickstarter works. There's these early bird rewards. Um, and yeah, we're, we're hoping to, to keep it going and keep it growing. If you could give tips to people out there that have an idea and uh, you know want to take it to Kickstarter to try to raise money, what, what are uh, a few things that you'd recommend? 
make as good looking of a prototype as you possibly can uh, and make sure that you can, can get the functionalities working. Uh, make sure you have, it, it's actually pretty, don't, don't be afraid of manufacturing overseas if you need to manufacture overseas, depending on what it is. A lot of tech products, you're going to need to go to Asia in order to get them made because there's just not the electronics expertise on this side of the ocean. Uh, and don't be afraid of it. It's, uh, it's, it's, not, it's not as big and scary of a world as you might think going over to Asia and, and meeting factories and getting things going. Um, they're doing it all the time with all sorts of people, and it's, it's, it's really exciting to be able to bring those things to life. Um, and also just, just make sure that your photography is, is on point and that your video and everything looks really good so that people can see how good it is and that you communicate your vision. Communicate why you're doing what you're doing. Not just not just exactly what you're doing, but say why you're doing it. And for us, for example, we're trying to to ignite a revolution of portable renewable energy, so you can take solar technology with you everywhere you go instead of just having it fixed to a house. This way, you can actually have it with you if you're camping or if you're hiking or if you're at the beach with your friends. Yeah. Adrian Solgard, yeah. Canadian inventor of the Life Pack. You can uh, check him out up on Kickstarter, and uh, you can get a a great new uh, pack. Uh, coming up here. Uh, thanks again for joining us, Adrian. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. When we come Mike back, more tech to talk, and uh, we'll also be looking at App of the Week as well. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and uh, Andy here today. Uh, been a great show. We also have a great uh, contest uh, giving away the Life Pack by Soulguard Design. This is a fantastic backpack uh, that takes tech to the next level. It's got a built-in solar panel. It's got a power bank uh, to store all that energy. So you can actually power your devices on the go. You run out of uh, juice on your cell phone uh, or maybe your digital camera. You can plug it into the backpack and, uh, I guess, go a little bit longer. It's also got a, a built-in uh, lock uh, as well, which is kind of cool. So you can actually lock this backpack to uh, a table or a chair if uh, you're sitting down so you don't have to worry about it getting uh, stolen. Again, if you want a chance to win this, hit our website at uh, getconnectedmedia.com or our Facebook channel. Uh, Actually, it is at the Facebook channel, so you want to hit that first. Uh, All you have to do is uh, visit Get Connected Media on Facebook and enter for your chance to win. Well, it is that time of the week. We uh, are back here with uh, Christina, who has got the latest app for us. Thanks for coming in, in the studio. Thanks for having me. And what have you got this week? Well, first, I have an important question. Yes. Can I enter the contest? No, you cannot win. (laughs) I know you love that backpack. That's not fun. Yeah, I know. Uh, (laughs) But you know what? They've got a new Kickstarter campaign going for a new one. I know. I saw it. It's pretty snazzy. I think it's like 100 or 130 bucks US, so it's not bad. There's a messenger bag too. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. You can choose from. Uh, So app, what do you got? I have an app that uses artificial intelligence to help you manage that inbox. Okay, I, I'm, I'm liking the sound of this. Right? So you basically just download this app to your phone. It's called Astro, available on both platforms. And Astro is a bot, and he will learn how you interact with your inbox and then start to make suggestions on what you should do with emails as they're rolling in. Is this kind of like, uh, I know in uh, my Outlook now, I've got a, a new folder called Clutter, uh, and it, it tries to take, you know, a bunch of emails. They're not junk, but, you know, emails that I'm not kind of interacting with on a regular basis. Yeah, you know what? I have a hard time with that Clutter function yeah. because I just get a bunch of notifications and <laughs> they're like, almost like gibberish. Yeah. Do you ever go into your Clutter folder? No. No. <laughs> It's probably where all my emails are going to you. Uh, so how does this one, how is this different? Like what, what is it going to do with the emails as it's learning? 
Uh, so it will actually make suggestions. Uh, so if you, um, you know, are interacting with a certain person quite a bit in email, it might suggest that you add them to a to a VIP list. Okay. Or if you're, you know, never interacting with an email from a certain uh, email marketer, say you get, I don't know, emails from Banana Republic and you never open them, it might uh, suggest that it automatically archive them for you. So they won't even hit your inbox anymore. I, I actually subscribe to Banana Republic and it's driving me crazy because <laughs> I'm getting like three of these emails a day now. And thankfully, my clutter folder in Outlook is capturing them, but I could see how this could work as well. Exactly. And there's also some other features like you can snooze emails and things like that. Very cool. And uh, the name again? Astro. Astro, available for iPhone and Android. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. That's all the time we have left. Mike, Andy, and Christina logging off. We will see you again next time.